Well, welcome to Church Online. I'm so glad you are part of Church Online with me today. And welcome to the first Church Online from our new Alabaster campus. We kicked off with worship on Friday night, and it was absolutely incredible. And I'm just believing that all day today, as both of our campuses come together from Columbiana and Alabaster to celebrate together, it's just going to be a powerful day all day long. And so I'm glad that you're tuned in online with me today, and I want to encourage you to be a part of Cultivate Church in person in Alabaster at 9 o'clock and 10.15 in Columbiana at 9 o'clock and 10.15 as well. Well, today is an exciting day as we're kicking off uh, a, a brand new chapter of Cultivate Church as we're launching our new Alabaster facility. It's just been incredible as we have been working and preparing and praying and seeking God, so many of you have sacrificed, you have given, many of you have worked long hours of the night just to make it possible for us to launch our new facility. And I just want to honor each and every one of you who have prayed and given and served and sweated and invested and all the things that you've done, this would not be possible for us to celebrate this new chapter of our church without you serving and giving and honoring God the way that you have. And I just want to say how much I appreciate everybody who has gone the extra mile and worked those late nights. Um, Patrick Young, who's worked behind the scenes to be able to help us launch our facility, and Pastor Brandon Doss, uh, who has literally just about lived in that building from morning to night for the past couple of months to make it a possibility and so I want to honor all of you for all that you've done and so as we are in this moment today as we're celebrating on this day as we open up a new facility for Cultivate Church it's been uh, really exciting we've been working hard and we've been looking forward to it and up until this day every time I think about this moment I have this thought that continuously runs through my mind and it's the story of the Titanic many of you have read about the Titanic, maybe you've studied about the Titanic, you've read books about the Titanic, or at least you saw Leonardo DiCaprio in the movie Titanic. You know, the Titanic sank over 100 years ago. It was billed as the unsinkable ship. Many people said that there's nothing that could take this ship down. People lined up buying tickets to experience this modern marvel, this unsinkable ship. It had all of the modern amenities that people wanted to see. Spacious cabins, luxurious dining, beautiful ambience, the decorations and the ship and the craftsmanship and the modern marvel that it was. And so people were drawn to what they could see and what they could experience in this vessel. However, we know that history paints the picture and tells the story of not celebration, but of tragedy. That there was an undetected danger that rests in the water. And in the middle of the night, the Titanic struck an iceberg, causing it to sink. And you see, on that Titanic, as it began to sink, no longer did the cuisine matter, the restaurants did not matter, how roomy that the cabins were did not matter, the entertainment aboard the ship did not matter, the decorations on the walls, the paint, the carpet, the colors, and all of the things no longer mattered. 
You see, what became most valuable is not what sold the tickets. What became most valuable is not what people lined up for. You see, what became most valuable were, were the lifeboats that were aboard that ship. You see, many people's lives were rescued simply because the lifeboats were available. Now, many people were not concerned about the lifeboats. I know personally, when we go on cruises, one of the things that I like the least about the cruise is the safety presentation where everybody piles up and piles in and, and is instructed on what to do on if there is an emergency. All I'm interested in is getting to the buffet and just enjoying all the things that are provided for me. Yet because of the lifeboats, many people were saved. But the greatest tragedy, I believe, is that did you know that the lifeboats used were not even filled to capacity? Story goes and history tells that many people never even made it inside of a lifeboat in order to get to safety. As we've come to this place today as a church to be able to launch a new facility, to provide more room at the table for more people to experience Jesus, I want to draw some very clear, definitive lines today that our church is not the Titanic, that we are not focused on the things. We are not focused on the amenities. We are not focused on what we can receive and what we can enjoy. We're not focused on the lights and the signs and the chairs and the rooms and all of the things that we are excited about and we enjoy, but we are not the Titanic. We are the lifeboats. May we never forget Cultivate Church, the reason that God called us to be a church family, living life on purpose, is for the people who have encountered an undetected danger and they have hit a problem that is causing water to fill their lives to the point of almost drowning. Those people need a lifeboat. Those people need to know that there is hope for their life, that they can be rescued from their circumstance and from their troubles. Church, we will always be the lifeboat created to bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus. And so today, I just want us to know that the main thing is still the main thing. And the reason that we are here is simply so that other people could experience life change in Jesus. We are the lifeboat. Today, I want to talk to you out of a story out of Luke chapter 5. You know, Jesus knew a lot about boats. Jesus, in this story, used a boat to literally change the lives of some people, of some fishermen. Uh, I titled your message today, How to Float Your Boat. I want to teach you today how to float your boat. Have you ever heard that saying? Has someone ever said to you, does that float your boat? Or what would float my boat? I can remember saying as a kid or as a teenager, well, that really doesn't float my boat. Meaning, I don't really like that very much. That's not very exciting to me. Or that's not very appealing. The term float your boat means you enjoy it. It means you're getting the most out of it. It means you've gained value in something. You appreciate it. That it brings something to the table and that it is good or desired. Today, I want to talk to you about how to float your boat, how to bring purpose into your life, 
how we become people who live as the lifeboats, as people that go out in the midst of the storm, who are there in the presence of tragedy, and we make a difference in the lives of other people. How we become focused on those in need instead of focused on the need in which I have. You see, we all have needs, we all have issues, we all have circumstances, but there are people who are drowning without the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus and that's why you and I are on this planet. They may not know that Jesus is what they need, but today, today we know and we understand that Jesus is the hope of the world. Maybe you're watching today, and maybe you're just excited about uh, something new happening at Cultivate Church, and you wanted to hear about it, or you wanted to see a glimpse of what's happening on the inside of the walls. Maybe you're watching today because someone has been trying to get you just to consider church in your life. Maybe just to consider Jesus in your life. Maybe you're watching today because you find yourself in the middle of water pouring into your life to where you feel as if you are going to drown. Maybe you're watching today because you've already decided you need a lifeboat in your life. Well, today I want to teach you how to float your boat. And I want us to pray together so that we can go into this message expecting to receive something from the Lord. So I want to pray for you. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this word. Thank you for all of my friends who are watching online, all of my friends who are tuned in by podcast. I pray over this message today that you would do something unique in our hearts and draw us closer to you and make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Luke chapter 5, I want to bring to you one of my favorite stories out of Scripture as we learn how to float our boat. And I want to bring four simple principles or four simple thoughts, four simple steps, some very simple, some action that you and I can carry out after we dig into this story out of Luke chapter 5. So I'm going to read it to you. So take a look there on your screen. Let's read it together and then we'll pull some things out of this scripture. Look at it with me. Luke chapter 5 verses 1 through 11 says this, One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, Great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper. Let down your nets to catch some fish. Master Simon replied, We worked hard all last night, and we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, O oh Lord, please forgive me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. 
This is one of my favorite scenes out of Scripture. That we see Jesus doing something so abnormal, so out of the blue, and seemingly so out of place. Actually, he causes an interruption in the middle of the lives of these fishermen. He catches them on a moment when they are tired. And even though they're tired, they go on a journey of life change in a matter of moments that would literally shift and change the course of their entire life. Jesus began to teach these men how to float their boat. He helped them discover what it means to live life on purpose. And there are four things that I think you and I need to do to have this exact same experience in our life. And I want you to write this down. Number one, if you're going to float your boat, you need to open your boat. If you're going to float your boat, you need to open your boat. Look at the scripture with me. Luke chapter 5 verse 3 Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. I love this scene because Jesus is just showing up and Jesus just begins to take over. Notice that the Bible says that Jesus stepped into one of the boats that belonged to Simon, its owner. Simon Peter is the one who owned the boat. The boat belonged to him. It was his property. He made the decisions about what was going to happen or take place with the boat, in the boat, what the boat would do, where the boat would go. It belonged to Simon Peter. Yet on this day, when Jesus shows up and Jesus begins to get in the boat, things begin to change. You see, I have to be willing to let Jesus get in into my boat. Many of us never experience a life that is focused on making a difference in the lives of other people because we're so focused on our own stuff and we have, we have rejected the thought of allowing Jesus to have a place in our life. You see, this is my vessel, and I'll do what I want to do and what pleases me. I'm going to fill my schedule with my enjoyment. I'm going to make as much money as I can for my family. I'm going to provide for my needs. I'm going to make sure that I have everything that I want. Me, 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 my problems, my troubles, my issues all about my boat and my stuff. But Jesus said, Simon Peter, let me in your boat. And when Peter opened up the boat to allow Jesus to come in, that's where the journey began. That's where real life change began to take place. That's where things that seemingly were not working did not have a value, we're not doing or fulfilling the desired need. Peter was disappointed in what had happened in that boat. But when Jesus got in that boat, things began to change. You see, the boat wasn't very valuable until Jesus got in it. It had had a failed attempt at fishing. They'd been fishing all night. They'd caught nothing. The boat had brought nothing back. However, it was full of potential, and it only needed Jesus presence inside the boat. Today your life is full of potential. Your life is full of possibility of what God can do in you and through you and the difference you can make in the world that is around you if only you would consider today to let Jesus in your boat. 
Then number two, I think if you're going to float your boat, you need to deepen your boat. You need to deepen your boat. What happened when Jesus got in the boat of Simon Peter? Jesus gave him some instructions. Look at it in verse 4 and 5 with me. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper. That's important right there. Go out where it's deeper. Let down your nets to catch some fish. Peter, I love this. He says, Master, we worked hard all last night. And we didn't catch a thing. Is it possible that we're coming up short and not catching what we are fishing for in our life because we are stuck in the shallow instead of diving into the deep? We are so accustomed to shallow living. We like it at the surface level. We like it to the point that it doesn't cost me anything, where I don't have to sacrifice for anything, where I don't have to give any time to anything. I don't have to give my talents to anything, and certainly I don't want to give my treasure to anything. You see, I like to just stay in the shallow where it's safe and where I can manage it and where if any moment that it gets uncomfortable, I can step onto the shore where it's easier. But Jesus tells Simon Peter, he said, you take your boat and you go out where it is deeper. Today, maybe, just possibly, Jesus is calling you to go deeper. Maybe, just maybe, instead of just watching church online, and if you have the capacity to get in a community of believers in a local church, then maybe he's calling you to go deeper in that. Maybe instead of just attending church once out of every six weeks, he's calling you to dig in and go deeper in the life of your church. Maybe instead of just remembering John 3, 16, maybe, just maybe, he's calling you to go deeper into God's Word and begin to read it every single day. What would change in your life if you only went deeper? Push your boat out into the deep. Simon Peter, go out where it's deeper. Let down your nets to catch some fish. Let down your nets to catch some fish. Sometimes if you really want to catch the fish, the big fish, you've got to go deeper. You've got to take your life. And you've got to be willing to move first as Jesus as your Savior and then secondly, you got to move a little deeper as Jesus as your Lord, where he is number one. And everything about my life is seeking him on a deeper level. Today, what would change in your life if you just considered going out a little bit deeper? I love to fish. It's one of my favorite. I don't do it much, but I really do love to fish on a good, beautiful, sunny cool day with a little breeze out on the lake smelling the lake and just fishing I even if I don't catch a fish I love to be out there but you know I like to watch people who really know how to fish and one thing that I've learned especially watching people that go deep sea fishing the people that go out in the deep, they catch the biggest fish. They have the biggest experience. They have the most exciting time because they get off from the bank where there's just the small ones and the minnows and the crabs, and they go out into the deep waters, and they really get the big catch. 
Jesus wants that for your life. Today, what's keeping you from going a little deeper in your life? Simon Peter, he was very honest with Jesus. Simon Peter just said, hey, we worked hard all night and we didn't catch a thing. We've already experienced the disappointment. We've already tried that before. Pastor, we've already prayed. We already talked to God. We already went to church and we were let down and we were disappointed and those people were hypocritical and I prayed to God and He didn't answer my prayer. We are having all these reasons as to why we don't want to go deep, but Jesus is saying, let me in your boat and then go deeper. If you're going to float your boat if you're going to experience everything God's calling your life to, you've got to go a little deeper. And then number three, if you're going to float your boat, you need to row your boat. Row, row, row your boat. We've got to put some action to it. We've got to respond when Jesus gets in our boat and he starts calling us to go deeper, sometimes it is just time to start paddling, moving that boat in the direction that God is calling you to do. Put some action in it. Look at what the Bible says in Luke 5, verses 5 through 7. It says, but if you say so, Simon Peter says, I'll let down the nets again. And this time, the Bible says, their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear a shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish, and one was on the verge of sinking. You see, simple obedience brings supernatural blessing. Simple obedience brings supernatural blessing in your life. Peter said, look, we've already done this. We've already went that way. I don't need to go out in the deeper waters. Jesus, I've already let you in my boat. Isn't that enough? I don't need to do anything else. I'm okay where I am. I've already tried, and look, we didn't do anything. We'll try again another day. But Jesus says you need to start rowing that boat. Simon Peter, that's exactly what he did. He said, but if you say so, that's what I'll do. Jesus, if that's what you really want me to do, and if that's the game changer, then I'll start rowing my boat and I'll get out there in the deep where you're calling me to go. And this time, with Jesus in the boat and the little bit of obedience in that deeper water, rowing out to where God had called them to be, this time, not only did they catch fish, but they caught fish to where the nets were breaking, the boat was about to sink, and they had to call for help. What changed in this circumstances? They had already been fishing they already had the boat they were already trying to do life but it was Jesus in the boat it was the fact that they were doing and going deeper when Jesus called them to do it their obedience began to change everything I want to ask you this question today what is it that Jesus has asked you to do and you still haven't done it it's a dangerous question to ask yourself what is he asking of you? What has he called you to that you still have not responded to? For some of us, it's the simple step of salvation. For some of us, it's simply saying, well, I've got sin in my life, and I've tried to live life my own way, and I've messed up, and I've sinned, and I can't do this anymore, and Jesus, I need a relationship with you. I need to experience you. For some of us, that's what Jesus is calling us to respond to. When he gets in your boat, and he calls you to go deeper, maybe today your deeper is just letting him in the boat and making him Lord of your life. For some of us, it's 
Maybe uh, the response should be, Jesus, I'm going to give you everything I've got. I'm going to completely surrender my life to you. You're going to become the Lord of my life and not just the Savior of my life. For some of us, uh, responding to what Jesus has called us to do means that he's calling us into ministry. He's calling us to a life of sacrifice and to make a difference in the lives of other people. What is it Jesus has called you to do that you have still not responded to? For many of us as believers, when we say yes to Jesus, it's the simple things that we do. Baptism is the very first response. It's the very first action step after you've said yes to Jesus. You give your heart to Jesus, and then you are baptized. That's what the Bible teaches us. It's the very first response to a life that is changed. If you haven't been baptized and you've said yes to Jesus, well, then you need to be baptized. You need to be giving. You need to be tithing. You need to be giving 10% of your income to the church, the storehouse, because that's what the Bible teaches us to do. And the more generous you are, the Bible teaches us that the more generous God can be to us. If he can trust us with the blessing, then God will continue to be more generous. You need to be giving because God said to do it. He said to lay out your net, start rowing, put some action to it. If you're not serving people, you need to be serving. Because Jesus taught us that he came not to serve not to be served but to serve that the first would be last and the last would be first that we live a life of serving other people you're not too busy to serve anybody else you don't have too much going on to serve people you can serve people in every capacity of your life you should be sharing you should be sharing the good news and the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ it's because that's what he's called us to do that's what it means to begin to row the boat today let down your net is Jesus in your boat today have you opened up your boat? Have you opened up your life to allow Jesus in? If you open up your life and you've allowed Jesus in, have you considered going a little deeper, going a little farther, beginning to row your boat to the things that Jesus has called you to? These are all steps and responses of what's happening in this story with Simon Peter where his life is changed in the presence of Jesus. Today, I want us to experience life change in the presence of Jesus. And when you take these steps, this last point I want to give you, number four, is really important. If you're going to float your boat, you need to learn to anchor your boat. You need to learn to anchor your boat. You see, when Jesus gets in the boat and he calls us to deeper water, we begin responding by rowing going and doing what Jesus has called us to do, sometimes in the process you put that anchor down. When you land on those fish that are about to capsize and you're bringing in all of the, the blessing that God has given in your life, sometimes you've got to drop the anchor and you've got to lean into that. What I'm encouraging you to do today is you need to uh, anchor your boat so that you can get the most out of the experience with Jesus. Luke chapter 5 verse 8 through 11, after Peter has his experience with Jesus, that's exactly what he does. He anchors his boat. Verse 8, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please forgive me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. These are Peter's friends. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. 
as soon as Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees and he began to worship because he was amazed at what had happened in front of his eyes. You see, he had already been trying it. He was already the master of his own vessel. He was already the one in control, doing life his way, making his own decisions. I know how to do it. I am a professional at this. I am a fisherman. I am doing this by trade. I make my living this way. I do this as an expert. I've already been there. I've been to that place. I've already fished, and we caught nothing. There is no reason to go do it again. Oh, but the reason when Jesus got in the boat, that changed the tone. See, when Jesus shows up, things begin to change. And when Jesus calls you to deeper water and you go where he tells you to go and you row that boat and you do what he has called you to do and you let down those nets and you begin to live your life on purpose for the good of the gospel and for the good of people and you begin to bring in more than you could have ever dreamed, that experience should cause you to anchor your life, anchor your boat in the things of God. Peter begins to worship. He bows down because of what he has experienced and I love what it says in verse 11, and as soon as they landed as soon as they landed, as soon as they got back to shore, they left everything and they followed Jesus. Pastor Brendan, what does that mean? That means that they anchored their boats they anchored their life. They anchored their purpose. They anchored their drive. They anchored their ambition. They anchored their desire in the things of Jesus. And their life was changed and the world around them was changed because of an experience with Jesus in a boat. How do you float your boat? How do you get the best and the most out of this life? Why are we here What's the purpose? What's the reason? You've been out there trying to fish. You've been out there working hard. You're out there trying relationships, and you're out there working on your marriage, and you're trying to be a parent, and you're trying to be a good boss, and you're trying to be a good leader, and you're trying to be a good employee. You're trying to be a good son. You're trying to be a good daughter. You're trying it all, and yet every time you let down your net, it just comes up empty. Well, maybe today, if you let Jesus in your boat, it'll begin to change your life. And maybe, instead of just saying a prayer, you just begin every day going a little deeper into the things of God. And then when you're ready and God says you begin to row, you put some action to it, you let down your nets, you get out there in the middle of it, even though it doesn't make sense and even though you've tried it before, but never to the degree of when Jesus is in the boat and you're in that deeper water and then you begin to see what Jesus does, then you anchor your life into it. And I'm telling you, your life is changed and the world around you is changed because of the power of Jesus. That today, church, is how you float your boat. That's how you discover what it means to live life on purpose. And today, I want to pray that over you. I want to pray that for you, that you would experience just that in your life. Will you pray with me today? 
Father, I love you, and I thank you for all of my friends watching online. If there's one of us today that doesn't have a personal relationship with you, I pray that today they would say yes. For any person listening by podcast that doesn't have a relationship with you, today let it be their day. Father, I pray that there's no distraction that would keep us from a life-changing moment with you. We confess our sin. Jesus, we choose to put you first in our life. Jesus, we learn to love you and to live for you and to follow you all the days of our life. Thank you for saving us. And Jesus, I pray for all of my friends, somebody today who just let Jesus in their boat, for somebody who's been sitting on the edge of the water with Jesus, all the while he's saying, push out and go a little deeper. Today, let us go a little deeper. Let us begin rowing our boat and putting some action to it. Let's let the nets down and begin to do what Jesus has called us to do. And when we get in the presence of God, Jesus, when we begin to experience you, may we anchor our boat in you so that everything we do is built upon who you are. Thank you for my friends watching online today. We love you, God, and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.